Welcome to Movies for Lunch, where three co-workers sit in a car at lunch and talk about movies and whatever else we want to talk about. I just want to say that in between this last episode and this current episode, we had a lot of fan outreach oh, man. that we greatly appreciated. It feels and good. feels good to be seen <laughs> and heard. Yes. Some great recommendations and suggestions that we are going to try to incorporate today. Yes, some recurring bits that we will recur. <laughs> <laughs> we will do them. Um, <laughs> first one was the uh, Sundance report. Yeah. Do you want me to say what I have? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, first off, um, Sundance is starting tomorrow. As of when we're recording this, it starts tomorrow from January 23rd to February 2nd. If anyone is interested in going to Park City or the other locations where they'll show some of these. Have you ever have you ever gone? I've been one time. I've always like kind of been like, oh, I'll check. Yeah, it'd be fun to go. And then it's like sold out everywhere. Like you can't get in. Well, that's the thing. When I went, I went about five years ago and the only place we could really get into was a documentary about Warren Jeffs. And the oh. FLDS, and it was very interesting, but I guess in my mind, I thought I would just show up and bump into, like, Ellen Page. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just like, I thought that's kind of what the experience was, and I would just get to see these oh, indie darlings that will be Best Picture nominees in the, in the following year. And, yeah, it was actually a lot harder than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> we. Um, but it was fun. It was fun yeah. going there. It was cold. Yeah, one time, the only Sundance experience I've ever had was, I was in my early 20s, and we just drove up there to Park City with some friends. Threw caution to the wind. I know. We just drove up there, and I was in the car. There was two friends of mine, and they saw someone who was on The Bachelor as we were driving down the Park City Main Street, and they jumped out of the car and ran him down. Oh, my and, gosh. Uh, These were I guess girls? Got pictures. They Guys? were girls. They were girls. Okay. But, um, that, and then they got in the car, and we went home. That was it. I know someone who um, was a chauffeur for some of the stars at Sundance, oh. and he said he drove around Shia LaBeouf last year, and they talked about Honey Boy. Oh, the movie I haven't seen it yet. It comes Maybe on. Either. It comes on Amazon in a couple weeks, but oh, he had a lot of know. interesting stories. And I, yeah, yeah, I'll I'll share you some off air, but <laughs> so, oh. it's kind of funny. I just don't know. I yeah, I don't want any. Anyway, you don't want Shia LaBeouf to come after you. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I respect him, and I, and I love his work. And his, he might his, come on the show com- sometime. His so. comedic and dramatic work. And I, yeah. yeah, I don't want him to have any excuse to not join our show <laughs> as a recurring guest. Yeah. Steph, have you ever been to? I have not been to a movie I, or a show oh. or a docu- any kind of presentation. <laughs> no slideshows? I have gone to. <laughs> I gave the slideshow. <laughs> I took were my presented. slideshow up there and I tried <laughs> to pitch it. And nobody even wanted to hear my pitch of my slideshow pitch. These venues are expensive. <laughs> no, they are. Because that's what I was going to say. No. That's how expensive We went to No Name Saloon and we've been to No Name Saloon. So we know the prices. They literally hand out a menu that's double their regular prices during wow. Sundance. Wow. Uh, well, so we I guess went that makes in, sense sat down, and it was just like, okay, no. And it was <laughs> packed. We had to wait like 30 minutes. We sit down. A burger's like over 30 bucks. And we're like, okay, no. And we left, and we went to Five Guys, who did not jack up their menu for Sundance. I should say, don't let this any of our negative experiences impact your desire to go visit Sundance. Because I've had other friends who say they've gone and have 
seen really cool movies or really cool experiences or run into interesting people there. We wouldn't want Robert Redford to be upset at us for disparaging Sunday. No. I didn't Sundance. even go see oh, a movie. Bobby Redford? No, friend of the podcast. Bobby Redford. Yeah. All right, what do you got? All right, I took this primarily from a uh, Atlantic article okay. written by David Sims, who is a great writer for The Atlantic and also co-host of the podcast Blank Check, which is hilarious. Everyone should listen to it. If you love movies and love laughing, it's a great time. Anyway, I'm going to pick five that he had talked about that I thought sounded interesting. Do you have something kind of different? No. I wonder if they're similar to yours. Probably. So he talked about one was called The Last Thing He Wanted. Yep. It's directed by Dee Reese, who uh, also directed uh, Pariah and Mudbound, which also both of those premiered at Sundance. Mudbound, I really liked. So it's on Netflix. I didn't finish it. It's it's really good. So this is also produced by Netflix. It's based on uh, Joanne Didion's 1996 novel of the same title. It follows a journalist played by Anne Hathaway. I think it's Didion. That could make sense. What did I say? Didion. Didion. <laughs> Joanne Didion. <laughs> follows a journalist played by Anne Hathaway who becomes embroiled in the world of arms dealing while trying to help her dying father, Willem Dafoe. Uh, the next one uh, to keep an eye out for, if you can get any tickets for, is called Shirley. This is directed by Josephine Decker, who directed Madeline's Madeline, which I hadn't seen, but has really good reviews from last year, or 2018. It is a biopic of the horror writer Shirley Jackson, and Elizabeth Moss plays Shirley in it, and Michael Stolberg plays her husband, Stanley. In the film, the couple's young house guests become the inspiration for Jackson's next story. So I thought that also sounded interesting. Mm -hmm. Do you want to throw one out that maybe I haven't listed? Uh, do you have the Andy Samberg one? No. So Andy Samberg is starring and producing a rom-com called Palm Springs. Oh. And it's with the girl who plays, if you've seen How I Met Your Mother, it's the girl who's like their mom who was in it for like three episodes. You know what I'm talking about? Anyways, uh, it's uh, he said the best way to describe it is an R-rated rom-com set at a wedding with a twist. That sounds great. So, it, so I think it's the Lonely Island guys who like directed it, like Akiva and like yeah, um, same guys behind Hot Rod and Popstar and Popstar, Never Stop, Never Stopping. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that could be good. No one talks about that movie, but that is really funny. It is Popstar. Really funny. Okay. It's really funny. Yeah, that sounds really good. Um, and then I have Omniboat. Have you seen that? No. Is that one? Yeah. Share uh, it with it's us. It's called a. Fa it's a fast boat fantasia. This reviewer said, I have no, almost no idea what to expect. It seems to be an anthology story set in Miami. And one that's set to defy the typical rules of filmmaking, and that's described as a crazy boat ride that navigates everything from talking dolphins to unconventional love. It stars Robert Redford, Whoa. Finn Wolfhard, Casey Wilson, Casey Wilson, Adam Davina, Jessica Williams, Mel Rodriguez, and more. So it's from the guy who did Swiss Army Man. Oh, that is a weird, wonderful movie. And it was co-written by Phil Lord. That, wow. <laughs> that sounds really good. Yeah. Um, the, the last one I'll share is one called The Nest. It's by Sean Durkin. And it's about an American entrepreneur, played by Jude Law, and his wife, Carrie, played by Carrie Coon. He's not, the character isn't married to Carrie Coon. Oh. If that's clear. Okay. They move into an isolated British manor, and then it's very secretive what happens next, but David Sims wrote that the movie should thrive on tension and atmosphere. There'll probably be some sort of horror, psychological thriller, perhaps. Mm. So not a lot. Not many people know what happens in that, but I thought with that cast and kind of that description sounded really good. Obviously, there will be so many movies and probably really great things to come out of Sundance. But did you have any others that you wanted to share? Uh, no, no, 
Well, that's good. That's our Sundance moment. Anyway. The thing with Sundance, it's like the first film festival of, yeah. of the, like, the season, I yes. feel like. And so... It's the kickoff. Yeah. So a lot of these movies have never been seen before. Like, so a lot of it's just speculation on what's going to be good and what's going to be there. And Yeah. I wish I was more into it or knew someone famous that could get me into screenings with really You know, you can volunteer and work work it. Really? Yeah. So, uh, a girl from my master's program ended up doing HR at Sundance. And she said, I was like, did you meet anyone cool? And she did say she was at, like, an event where Robert Redford was, like, 30 feet away from her. And they were showing, like, a an Im- not, not in memoriam, because he's still alive, <laughs> but, like, a video of some of his past roles, and he's kind of, like, kept, like, smiling, like, <laughs> and, like, kind of shaking his head, because he kept showing clips from, like, Butch Cassidy and The Sting and stuff, and he just kind of, was kind of embarrassed. Oh. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, go see Sundance. And if any, if, as reviews come out, maybe we'll, maybe we'll keep up on a, things that are kind of floating to the top. Yeah, and we'll see who the winners are and, like, that yeah. kind of thing. If anyone that by sheer coincidence listens to this podcast that ends up going and has a cool experience or sees a cool thing, tweet at us or let us know. I think that'd be cool. I would actually love to hear what people saw if they saw anything cool. At Movies for Lunch. Yes. On Twitter. Movies with the number four. Oh. Oh, I thought it wasn't four. I know. <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> it's spelled out. It's spelled out. <laughs> Sorry, this is what it is. At Movies for Lunch, F-O-R on Twitter. If you want to email us, it's at movies for lunch with the number four. It's look, at what? Gmail? Gmail.com. Oh, okay. It's a real mess. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Okay. Well, we'll buy all the, you know, when, soon enough, we'll buy yeah. all those. That uh, those people are squatting names. on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. I think it's time for my recurring segment. Ah, uh, yes. Stream Wars. Is it real or is it fake? You know, <laughs> we're, that, uh, we're workshopping that title we'll oh, see that's good let yeah. us know if you like the title it of seems, this segment it seems a bit short yeah i'm not really sure how i want this segment to go i'm going to tell you i'm going to describe a streaming service that yeah. might be real or it might be fake okay and you guys have to decide if it's real or not <laughs> and if anybody has heard already whether it's true or not you have to keep it to yourself okay fine this new streaming service is called Peacock. The service will be built primarily ad-supported premium streaming. So it's, it's like you can watch it with ads or you can pay for like no ads. Okay. This is NBC's streaming service. Okay. So NBC has their own streaming service. And um, yeah, it'll have all the NBC shows on it and even some sports. NBC's logo is like a... A peacock. A peacock. Mm. Mm, pretty good, huh? You're not... You already know? I can't reveal whether I do or not. I feel like that's that what should be up oh. front. That's right. He cannot. <clears throat> Which means that you do know. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't know about Quibi. Or maybe I know something that means this could not be the case. Yeah. Could go either way. Because, I mean, they are... A lot of NBC streaming, like, legacy shows, like... Friends. Friends. The Office. Yep. Parks and Rec. Seinfeld. Uh-huh. They are already on other streaming services. And are tied up in they already have like distribution deals. I think it's fake. I think it's real. It's real! Ah! Ah! <laughs> I got her! The first one. See, I, I did know about this. Yeah. I There's been rumors about it. But, yeah, so... When's it supposed to launch? Later this year. Wow. 
Peacock will offer a third tier of $10 per month that will be completely ad-free. There will be a $5 tier called Peacock Premium. Will give users access to 15,000 hours of content, including next day access to series, early access to late night shows, and more sports. So you'll be able to watch the Olympics on this. And um, the company is baking on the notion that people don't mind ads if it means they're getting their content for a reasonable price. That, I feel like that's kind of smart, especially for the type of content that it's going to be on, which is what people. It's a lot of shows people will have on in the background. And they also have, they're also going to have movies. Interesting. So, like original content? I don't think so. They have, they're going to have Back to the Future, Jurassic Park, E.T. Oh, because it's universal. Yeah. Oh. oh. <laughs> Jason's going to buy it. <laughs> I can't. Can't keep up. So that has been Stream Wars. Is it real? Is it fake? All right. So as we talked about last episode, we're going to talk about our five most anticipated films of 2020 and one film that we think is anticipated but will probably suck. Yep. We're going to do round robin style. Yeah, whose turn is it to start? I'm going to well, we'll go in order. We'll do five. I don't know. I ranked them. I did too. But we'll go we can go five oh, four. Oh, shoot. I you didn't don't rank them. That's fine if you didn't. Yeah, it's fine. My number 5. Last Night in Soho. Mm. It is directed by Edgar Wright. Um, it sounds like it will be some kind of psychological thriller, maybe yeah. like even more horror stuff, which I'm not usually into, but I love Edgar Wright. I love the stuff he does. Even his more things that lean into horror are very so entertaining. Edgar Wright has done Shaun of the Dead, Shaun of the Dead, Baby Driver, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, Hot Fuzz, Hot Fuzz, At World's End. I think that's actually all of his movies. It will also star Anya Taylor-Joy and some old Brit veterans like Diana Rigg and Terrence Stamp. It sounds like it will be interesting and fun. And Thomas and Mackenzie. Oh, yeah. Who is in Jojo Rabbit. She's the girl in Jojo Rabbit. Oh. Oh, you're right. Mm-hmm. I read that as Thomas Mackenzie, who I thought was the guy who played Jim Gordon on the Gotham TV series. <laughs> that is actually... The reality is much more exciting. <laughs> so I will say that was my number four film. Whoa, all right. So I will not... Do uh, not name that. I'm not going to say that one. My number five... And this is the one that I'm like, I cannot defend this movie, but I am excited for it. Okay. Top Gun. <laughs> I think it looks cool, it's okay? It's on my list. It looks cool, all right? That's, you know, that's great. I will see it. And uh, it was kind of competing with some other ones. I had, my first four were easy. I had an easy four. But um, wow. it was between, yeah, I was like, you know what? I'm going to indulge myself and say Top Gun. That's this is great. The sequel to, what year did it, the first one come out? 86, I think. I think you're right. With Tom Cruise and uh, Jennifer Connelly's in this one. Miles Teller? Miles Teller. I don't know. When, I, when they first announced this movie, I was like, okay, here we go. But the trailer was great. It looks cool. I don't know. I was into... I was into uh, airplanes as a kid. I think this is just... Uh, this is your Star Wars The Force Awakens. Yeah. Yeah. Not as... I would not go that far, but... <laughs> you get chills when that theme comes on. <laughs> no. You often drive listening to Highway to the Danger Zone. Yeah. I'm always looking for shirtless volleyball games to jump in on. <laughs> and I don't have... That's I don't, what you're doing. I, I always wonder. <laughs> yeah. Just ready to roll. Just... 
You guys need another guy? <laughs> need another man? I'll spot you. You want, me, you want me in? I'll just stand on the side and watch. The first one I'm like, I don't know. It's good and it's fun, but I'm not like, yeah, Top Gun. I just, this one, the airplane stuff looks cool. Uh, I don't know. Like yeah. I said, I can't defend it. Really. No, I, look, that's good. That's you great. You like what you like. Oh, you like what you like. We had, we could only choose five out of the year, and that was one of your five. <laughs> Jason, Jason, before we started recording, had a terrible time whittling down his list to oh, five. It was so rough. And, uh, well, I've got a few on here. I know which ones you probably were excited for that I actually am not excited for or am skeptical of. So we'll get there. Okay. All right, Steph. Uh, well, Top Gun was on mine. Yeah. I also put, I don't know if these are, these are just like my most anticipated. That's fine. That's what we're doing. Sure. That's okay. what we're doing. Uh, Jungle Cruise. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> the Rock. <laughs> well. Tell us more. Emily Blunt. Yeah. She's oh, I love okay. Emily Blunt. I forgot she was in that. Uh, yeah, I haven't watched the trailer. I simply saw a picture. Emily Bunton was in it, and it said that it was... You just saw a picture? You haven't seen the trailer? No, I haven't seen the trailer. Oh. The trailer looks fun. It looks like the mummy. The 99 oh, mummy. Oh, Oh. Because she's like That's this... a fun one. She's like this intellectual who's, like, looking for this ancient thing, and he is her guide, basically. And he's this, you know... Kind of he's wearing, rough Harrison Ford, kind of like. Uh, he's wearing earth tones. Yeah, There's pockets lots, on his clothes. Lots of pockets. It's based off a Disneyland ride. Mm-hmm. They haven't uh, done one of those in a while. Well, yeah, well, hopefully it's more like Pirates of the Caribbean than it is like Haunted Mansion. Haunted Mansion. Some people like Haunted Mansion, should be noted. Do you? Is that why you said that? No. My wife likes it. I'm pretty sure. I think she does. Um, I remember her saying something to the effect. It's her favorite ride, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think it could be a... F- they could make it fun. They made Pirates of the Giver here and really fun, and it could be a fun setting. Look, you can make anything fun. Yeah. Like, you can take any bad idea or good idea and make it bad or good. <laughs> Book yeah. one ticket for Steph on the Jungle Cruise. Toot, <laughs> 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 toot! <laughs> All aboard! That was really good. <laughs> Is that a parrot? <laughs> Those are the seagulls. Oh. But it's on a river. (laughs) There it is. And the guide will say, please don't leave your kids, because if you do, we'll take them to the other part of the park and make them sing the same song over and over again. Is that on the right that they say that? Yeah, the the physical guides will say that, and they've said it every single time I've been to Disneyland, and I'm like, could you not write another stupid joke? Well, maybe it's real stuff. Well... When a joke lands that well, well you know, if it ain't if it ain't broke, don't fix it, you know. And also, well, yeah, they said what it if when it's I was a real five, threat? And I thought it was <laughs> that might be an actual rule. <laughs> All right, listeners, ready for my next one? Yes. It is called. This is my number four. Mank. Oh. It is uh, directed by David Fincher, written by David's father, Jack Fincher, about um, what's his first name? Albert. I don't know. Albert Mankiewicz. Yeah. Maybe. It's about a famous screenwriter and the struggles that he had with Orson Welles of getting uh, screenwriting credit on Citizen Kane. It stars Gary Oldman, who's fantastic. Um, some decent cast altogether, too, but uh, also Charles Dance. Amanda Seyfried, Lily Collins, Tuppence Middleton. Yes. And it will be in black and white. Oh, great. <laughs> I was debating this one. I do love Fincher, but I was like, dude, is this subject material something I really like? Yeah. And then I think it really will be. 
If it's about the inner workings of Hollywood, it's always something that's really fun to me. I had that as my fifth one, and I swapped it for Top Gun. <laughs> this dead look in Jason's face now. <laughs> I see. Just grappling with this. <laughs> hey, it could be good, but for that same reason, I was like, uh, this could be boring. It's Fincher, though. I know. I know. Okay. But it also is like his father wrote it. So I'm not sure he's seeing clearly. You know, he could be blinded. But that makes me think he that David, his son, will be collaborative and that he'll have a hand in writing it as well. We'll see. Anyway. All right. So my fourth one was Last Night in Soho. So that was already talked about. So Steph, your fourth one. Oh, okay. Um, my fourth one was Top Gun. Yay. We've already talked about that. Great. All right. Okay. Now to number three. Okay. My number three is The French Dispatch by Wes Anderson. Another Wes Anderson movie. You Wes heads out I there. I debated this, but... Continue. Oh, really? You didn't have it I on your tablet? I don't have it, but I, it looks fantastic. Yeah, so Saoirse Ronan, Timothy Chalamet, those guys, they come as a package deal, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, They're a beautiful package. They are. Uh, Lady Bird, Little Women, Christoph Waltz, Bill oh, Murray, God. Willem Dafoe, Adrian Brody, Jason Schwartzman, Owen Wilson, Benicio Del Toro. It's probably some other people. But. Francis McDormand. Anyways, it's about uh, French journalists, I guess, something mm-hmm. like that, but I'm sure it'll be great and... I liked Isle of Dogs, which was his last one, but it definitely wasn't as it definitely wasn't hit one of his better ones. That's actually kind of what pushed it slightly off the list for me. I think, but um, Grand Budapest Hotel, which was his last live action one, was great. I'm also a little disappointed because there were rumors this would be a musical. His next film would be a musical, oh. which would be great. But I I think this will be this will be so good. Yeah. We have a great time. Okay, so that's my number three. My number four. Dope. No. Three. My number three. Yeah. <laughs> Let me start over. <laughs> my number three. Uh, Ghostbusters. Ah, <laughs> Afterlife. Yeah. The trailer the got trailer me. Here. We watched the trailer. Looks we did. Good. Looks good. It looks like it's doing all the things, the right things for what it's trying to do. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It could. It could go either way. I mean, like, worst case scenario, I feel like it'll be fine. But best case scenario, it'll be great. I do not think it... I I mean, I could be wrong. I don't think it'll be bad in any way. No, I don't think it'll be bad. If anything, it will be just be kind of safe, but... Yeah. It's doing all the... The best kind of legacy sequels, it's doing... It seems like it's following all those. What goes into the best kind of legacy sequels? Well, I feel like you need... Like, so say, like, Force Awakens was very successful at what it was trying to do. Or Blade Runner 2049, I also think, was successful. Not commercial, not commercially, but like in what <laughs> I think a legacy sequel should maintain a lot of the elements of the original. In some ways, even recycle story beats to like introduce new, like audience members, but also have enough new and like fresh faces and very likable people and like likable characters placed into this like already known world. And I feel like it will do that. Like the the young cast looks really good. Paul Rudd can do no wrong. Yeah. Like they're making a lot of the right moves. And Jason Reitman is writing and directing it, who's the son of Ivan Reitman, who directed the original. Mm. And, well, and the second one. So I feel like it has all the pedigree there to be a really, like, fun movie. That was a good pick, Steph. Thank you. I feel like I just... You just, I, I just pitched steam, my... I steamrolled over you. Do you what, what do you like? What it makes you excited liked about it? I the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> this is what goes into my movie decisions. As I was I like picking that. these, I kept thinking, like... I'm sure if I were Jason or Chris, 
I would be like paying attention to who to direct these and not just like this idea could be fun. It's like, will it be like, executed yeah. well? I have no idea. It's a crapshoot. No, I feel like that's how most people make their movie dis- choices, and that's a perfectly fine way to decide what movie you're I excited mean, for. How else? It's one of the like I've been burned by good trailers, but yeah. I, how else are you supposed to? I've also been burned by really competent people behind a movie, yeah. and then the movie's not that good. So I feel like trailers are some of the best ways to really know anyway. So, All right, Jason, your turn. Number three. Number three is The Trial of the Chicago 7. Oh. It is written and directed by Aaron Sorkin and has oh. another great cast, including Joseph Gordon-Levin, Sasha Baron Cohen, Michael Levin. Keaton. Right. Did I say Levin? Yeah. <laughs> Michael Keaton, Mark Rylance, Frank Langella. I didn't even see this. On like the anticipated movie list, I don't actually. Don't, it was on the Wikipedia one wow. that I based off on, but I think it sounds so good. I loved Molly's Game, which was his last writing directing. Yeah, I haven't uh, seen that combo, but it's you know like a true crime kind of drama thriller with one of the best screenwriters of all time. Um, I think it will be fantastic. I'm very excited for it. I think it'll be yeah. That sounds great. I. Yeah, I really liked all his stuff. A little bit less once I, like, watched a bunch of videos dissecting his <laughs> shtick. You know, yeah. like, his... Yeah. He's basically got one way to do things. And it's a good way. Well, that's... I feel the same way, but and I feel like that's why I'm like, oh, this is the kind of best genre story for him to play in. Right. I mean, he Like, if I want to see... Yeah, his strengths applied to something specific, it would be this. Yeah. Because I think you're right. Okay. Number two... Dune. You knew it was coming. Here it is. This is also my number two. Yeah. I bet your number one's the same as mine. <laughs> oh, if it's not, I will be... I'll get out of this car. Yeah. No. What if my number one is, like, Godzilla vs. Kong? <laughs> Which looks fine. It's on my honorable mentions list. But Dune, Timothy Chalamet, he's a busy boy. Oh, man. He's getting in all the movies. Rebecca Ferguson, Zendaya... Jason Momoa, Oscar Isaac, Dave Bautista, Josh Brolin, Javier Bardem, Stellan Skarsgård, and directed by Denis Villeneuve. One of our favorite directors. One of our consensus favorite directors who did Arrival and Sicario. Blade Runner 2049. Blade Runner 2049, which I liked but also thought was slow and a little disappointing. But think of... I'm talking about the visuals, though. Yeah. This will be... He's one of the most visually compelling filmmakers I've have you read I've Dune? ever seen. Have you read Dune? No. It's, have you? Yes. It's um, it's pretty cool, especially for an old sci-fi book. Have you seen the David Lynch? I have not. Dune? I thought about watching that, but it's long. Yeah. I don't um, think I will. I definitely won't now because I kind of want to go. I w- I wonder if this will be the best way to experience this story is watching his. I bet it will. I mean, I'd say either read the book or just wait for this movie. Um, I can't imagine. He also takes great sci-fi concepts and visualizes them in such a great... Yeah, and he's... he's such a compelling And he filmmaker. really, like, is a deep thinker. He's got a lot on his mind whenever he makes a movie. He's not interested in, like, you know, cheap thrills. Would so. you say that, like, of all the movies that he's made that would make me the most excited for this, it'd probably be Arrival, right? Or is it Blade Runner? I feel like Blade Runner, he really, like, handled, like, sci-fi elements of the 80s really well. Yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I hope it's because Sicario. I really like Sicario, and um, it's really good. It's 
it has some incredible action and like some really intense moments. And I feel like Arrival and Blade Runner 2049 were a lot more thoughtful and mm-hmm. like a lot slower. So I'm hoping he kind of goes back to that a little bit because like it's science fiction, but there's a lot of stuff that happens. There's like kind of a, a war going on or whatever. Um, so I'm hoping he's able to like kind of mix all of his movies that he's done previously into one incredible movie. And maybe he's learned some lessons from that. I think he has, like, based off of interviews I've seen him do. Yeah. He, like, he seems like he, like, yeah. Well, that honestly should have been two movies. Yeah, probably. All right, Steph. Steph, number two. My number two? My number two is The Personal History of David Copperfield. Oh. Interesting. Because it's a Dickens book, and it will either be good or it'll be terrible, but I'll give it a try. (laughs) (laughs) Did you watch a trailer for it? No, I didn't. I don't think there's a trailer out yet, is there? Uh, it's an Indian person, which is interesting, that's playing the main person. That's true. I don't know. It will either bother me how they reimagine things, or I'll think it's interesting. I really like Bride and Prejudice. Uh, to be clear, listener, she said Bride and Prejudice. Bride and Prejudice, the Bollywood version. Yes. Sounds good. You've read the book, I'm assuming. I have not. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 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 I read the little blurb about the movie that said it was based on a Dickens novel. And if this adaptation is anything different from that blurb, oh, I will either enjoy it or won't. Could be good. All right, great. Number two. All right, my number two was Dune as well. Do you want to go to your number one then? Well, should we have Steph do it? Yes. Her number my one number first. My number one first because you think mine's going to be the most. Well, it's going to be different than ours one. probably. Yeah, I'm sure it will. Move on. You know what? That almost made my top five. I will say... I don't know if it's going to be good or not, but I am anxious to see if as, it will be. As we've talked about on this podcast, it's the first Disney remake that I am actually like have hopes for and will, I think, benefit really benefit from being live action and modernized. Well, it's the first one that seems like it has a purpose to exist. <laughs> Anything else to add other than the trailer was good? No, the trailer was good. The trailer was good. I really good. love Mulan. What do you think about Mushu not being in it? Um, I'm fine with that. You well, know? well, maybe something else will be there to like serve the same story functions as he yeah, does. Yeah, well, that's what I'm wondering, but it doesn't show up in the... I'm hoping it's like Anastasia's Broadway play, where they uh, replace Rasputin with the communists and make it like a good actual story. You know, like not a fantastical story, although it's still kind of fantastical. Fantastic fantasy She's right. Cut this out. Cut this out, please. Okay. I'm sure he will. He's he's never let us down before. Oh, what are you going to do to make you cut this out? No, that's a a really good pick, though. All right, Chris. No, I said no. I talked about Dune. At the same time. One, two, two, three. Tenet! Yeah! So, I would just how say, could it not be? I know the other thing. The difference between number one and number two is because a trailer has already come out for Tenet. Yeah, and it looks as good as it does on paper. Tenet is starring John David Washington, Denzel Washington's son, who was amazing in Black Klansman, mm-hmm. and our very own new Batman, Robert Pattinson. And He's the new Batman? He is. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It just looks amazing. What else to say about it? I mean, the trailer. Just watch the trailer. Like steps. It's, it's Christopher Nolan. It looks like it has to do with time travel in some weird way where things happen simultaneously and... Backwards? Yeah. Reverse and upside down? It looks like it might be 
Inception, but with time instead of dreams. Yeah. It looks so compelling. Maybe it won't be as great as how I'm building up in my mind, but he rarely lets me down. <laughs> Even when he fails. Like, I, I think The Dark Knight Rises and Interstellar, uh, in some ways, didn't live up to the standards that I feel like he has on himself with other movies, but we're still great. Yeah. And even when he swings big and misses, it's still so good. And he's kind of the last of his breed where the director is a headliner and like his movies are events in a way that even like Tarantino or Wes Anderson aren't because his movies make so much money and he's afforded humongous budgets and they're, you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, I need to protect him. He's well. <laughs> protect Nolan. <laughs> I was kind of surprised that uh, 2020, um, there weren't a lot of like big budget movies I was really psyched for. Yeah. Except for Top Gun, of course. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Top Gun. <laughs> Top Gun. Notwithstanding. <laughs> Can I just list off a handful of movies that are coming out in 2021? Yes. Because 2021 is looking jacked. Okay. Here's my, here's the list. Okay. Shang-Chi and Legend of the Ten Rings. Okay. Fast and Furious 10. Jurassic World 3. Fast and Furious 9 comes out this year, though. Let me just... Okay, sorry. I, no, people, so don't, sorry. people don't have to know that. <laughs> Jurassic World 3 okay. with Jeff Neal... Sorry, Sam Neal, Jeff Goldblum, Laura Dern back. Okay. Doctor Strange 2. Indiana Jones 5. James Gunn's Suicide Squad. Oh. Tom Holland's Spider-Man 3. Space Jam 2 with LeBron James. Wow. Avatar 2. Mission Impossible 7. John Wick 4. Taika Waititi's Thor 4. The Batman with Robert Pattinson Holy and The Matrix 4. Holy crap. The Matrix 4 and John Wick 4 currently have the same release date. Oh my gosh. People are calling it Keanu Reeves Day. <laughs> it looks crazy. Next year is the year of the action movie for sure. I can't wait. That. Can you believe that, that lineup? Is a stacked year. Holy I know. Crap. At least half of those are going to suck. That's how it always goes. I know. I was so excited for a, like, oh, this year it's going to, 2015, that's how it was. I was like, oh, me, oh, Men in Black with Chris Hemsworth, Tessa, Tessa Thompson. How could you go wrong? <laughs> and they did. All right. Well, let's let's name our uh, honorable mentions before we get to our, um, okay. our disappointing list. So my honorable mentions were West Side Story, okay. Spielberg, um, Mulan, Onward, that's a Pixar. Yeah. Soul, that's another Pixar movie. Yep. Um... Ghostbusters was on there, Godzilla vs. Kong, and then I'm Thinking of Ending Things by Charlie Kaufman. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, I had also had like the French Dispatch, um, Soul as well. I also had The Last Duel, which is comes at the end of the year. It's directed by Ridley Scott based off a screenplay from Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Oh. And stars Adam Driver. Whoa. I know. Yeah, and I agree with all the other ones you listed too. Also, Eternals looks interesting. Yeah, Eternal, I don't know how that's going to be. On paper, it sounds like it will be a mess. Yeah. But I kind of am confident they'll pull off something interesting. Anyway. We'll see. Steph? Uh, West Side Story and Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah, Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah. I couldn't remember how I felt about Wonder Woman when we watched the trailer. I really like that trailer. Uh, I, I yeah. think I liked it a lot more than you both did, but... All right, here we go. Today it was. Best part of our segment. Most disappointing <laughs> movie of 2020. Steph? Quiet Place 2. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> Why? Because I loved Quiet Place 1, and they should have just left it there. Probably. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I bet it'll be fine, but like, it they, can't be as good. They already it. used the concept. It was, like, an interesting concept, and it was fun to be, like, in the theater. But they ended it, and it's ended, and now they've 
Why? It's a real Stranger Things situation where it was so successful and it probably just should have been a, a contained story, but now they kind of feel the need to extend it. Yeah. Yeah, even more than Stranger Things, though. They could have stopped it. They definitely... I don't feel like they wrote it expecting to do a s- sequel. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. So you think... Do you think it will it will just be disappointing to you, or do you think it will fail critically, commercially, in any way? I think that people aren't going to like it. I think people will see that's it. Gonna, that, a lot okay. of people. People will see it. But I see it, but... I could see it. I mean, like, critically... I'd say, I'd say this is your angle, Steph, that critically it's not going to be as good. But people will go see it? I don't think people will like it either. Um, but they might go see it to see if they People of will. that genre have a pretty low bar. Yeah, they just <laughs> want to be thrilled in some way. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well. But, no, that's an interesting pick because I was trying to look for something like that too where the expectations might be really high. And there, I feel like expectations are high for that movie. Well, it was a great movie. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not even a fan of that genre. But I, I really liked that movie. Yeah. Okay, mine is Venom 2. <laughs> That's I'm a little one. nervous because I actually feel like it has better people behind the camera this time than yeah. the first time. But that first movie cost $100 million to make, and it made $856 million. It was a huge financial success. This, sim- this one also had a $100 million budget. I don't think it's going to make as much money as Venom 1. And I think it might be even more critically panned. Really? It has a good cast, but so did the first one. I mean, have you, have you seen Venom? I haven't seen it yet. Do you know who plays Carnage in it? No. It's Woody Harrelson. Oh, oh yeah, he's got a weird wig on, huh? He has a weird uh, Little Orphan Annie wig. And I just think it's going to be very bad. And I, I think people will expect it to be better because it has Andy Serkis directing it. Oh. And they think... Oh, well, they've ironed out the problems of the first Venom, probably, and this will just be fun. I think it will be bad. <laughs> and will not make as much money as Venom 1. All right. Mine is Call of the Wild. Mm, okay. So, this is a Jack London book about this dog named Buck, and he is just this really cool, strong dog, basically. But it's like a short story. Like, it's pretty short. And they've stretched it out into a movie. They've gone outside the source material... And who have they conned into being their movie? Harrison Ford. I've got old Harrison Ford uh, in old, it. Old Grumpy Gramps. He's probably in the uh, like the actual source material part of the book, but the rest of it's just Buck having adventures and stuff. I don't know. It's it was on a few lists for like most anticipated films, but really, there's a trailer out too. But it's probably gonna suck oh, because because of the same thing. Like I don't know. There's been a lot of like dog movies recently, uh-huh. which is. And they're all, like, critically panned. Some of them are fine. Like, like kind of like a Hallmark movie in a kind of way. As negging, if I've ever heard it. <laughs> they're fine in a Hallmark movie kind of way. You're kind of cute in, like, a Hallmark movie kind of way. <laughs> but uh, this one is... I don't know how much they spent on it, but I think it's going to be critically panned, and not a lot of people are going to see it. Wow. You know what other ones I debated putting on there? What? No Time to Die. <sighs> Yeah. I, you think it's going to be bad? It could be. It, it could, could very, be. Yeah, it's so 50-50 with how those Bond movies will do. I also debated um, Godzilla vs. Kong and Birds of Prey. Oh, yeah. I had Birds of Prey on here, too. I also debated West Side Story because it's Spielberg. So people are excited for it, but I also just think, ah, 
I don't know. There wasn't like a clear one for me. I feel like I had to really like make the argument for myself. Yep. All right. Well, we'll see who's right in right. 2021. I guess. We'll, we'll let you know at the end. Of, well, when let's say when the third of our movies comes out, will when is Venom two coming out? The end of the year. <laughs> October. <laughs> we'll reconvene. Yeah, we will meet we'll together. We'll revisit yeah. this. All right. I think it's time for. Steph's movie trivia moment. Yep. Okay, you want trivia or do you want a fun fact? Whatever you want. Whatever you... It's your moment. It's your segment. Not that great of a fact, but I could make it into trivia. Wow. <laughs> slow down. Okay. Time slowed down uh, in that moment. underwater? <laughs> <laughs> All right, share it, Steph. Hit us with it. I don't want to. No, I you... I should have worked harder and found a better trivia. <laughs> No, don't. The viewers will decide. Did you know that Ryan Gosling built a kitchen table in preparation for his role as Noah for the Notebook? Oh boy! Of course he did. Of course <laughs> he did. Of course he did because he cares about his characters and uh, realistic on-screen portrayals. How no. building a table gets him into character for that one, though? Yeah. You understand what the character went seems through? A little unnecessary. Does he build a table in that book? He's a carpenter. Man, you know what? That, that was a fun fact. I did have fun with that. Could you please have a Jared Leto fact next time, Steph? <laughs> I think mm, only I if, think it's it's relevant, if it's relevant. <laughs> I don't like this. I don't like being painted as some Ryan Gosling hater because I do actually really like him. Well, I'm cutting all what you just said out. <laughs> don't! You'll never know. <laughs> oh, I'm so powerless. All right, next segment. Our final segment. Uh, yes, this was a suggestion from Kyle J to uh, talk about hidden gems that we find. And I view hidden gem as something that maybe I didn't know what it was or never heard of it, and I decided to watch it on a whim, and it was truly delightful. Okay. And I'm going... I have thought of a lot of these. I'm going to span a lot of genres and types of movies, so hopefully one of these can be a hidden gem for you. You can watch it and really enjoy it. My hidden gem for this week is 1957's Paths of Glory. It's a pretty old movie. It is an old movie, but it's relevant because 1917 is in theaters right now and getting a lot of um, mo- like momentum and Oscar support. And this is another film that was based around World War One. It is by Stanley Kubrick, ah. legendary filmmaker Stanley Kub- Kub- <clears throat> Kubrick. <laughs> it was fairly early on in his career. He had had some moderate success, but this was right before the big boom of all of his movies like Spartacus, 2001, Doctor Strangelove, right? The Shining, everything. So this was just, he was on the cusp of being glory. one of, being one of, yeah. He was on the path of glory. Okay. <laughs> Let's just say it. We didn't plan that, but <laughs> that was great. It's set during World War One. It stars Kirk Douglas as the commanding officer of French soldiers who refuse to continue a suicidal attack. And then Kirk Douglas's character has to defend them against a charge of cowardice in a court-martial. Wow. It has 95% oh. Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Both critics and audience, if you buy into any of that audience bullshit <laughs> it is a brisk 88 minutes oh so it's it's a quick watch it has some great cinematography great direction lovely performance by kirk douglas and some very thought-provoking material to really sink your teeth into and it is one dollar to rent on amazon wow what is it called again it's called paths of glory i loved that movie and i i hope you do too so if you get, get the chance to watch it tweet at us or let us know what you think if you hated it <laughs> Keep it to yourself. Yeah, and I don't want to hear it. That, well, that feedback will also be helpful in what I suggest next time. But Yeah. It's a great movie. Well, that is a good 
hidden gem. It, I really felt that way. Thank you, listeners, for all of your input. We will, you know, it was also suggested us, to us that we should, like, examine one actor mm-hmm. and look at their whole career. Mm-hmm. And so we'll probably do that in a later episode as well as another segment where we'll have an actor fight where we will debate the merits of two actors head-to-head in the and, ultimate showdown. And I feel like the structure of that will probably be Chris and I will choose one to fight and then Steph will judge our arguments. Does that, does that sound yes. good? Yes. So look Who makes to the those. most compelling case to Steph? <laughs> look at those. Uh, look forward to those. And uh, if you have any other segments, go ahead and shoot them at us. And if you have suggestions of people you want us to either spotlight or actor fight, yeah. it's also good. We had some pretty good uh, suggestions. Jack Black was one of them. Yeah. Which I was would be interesting. Jack Black against... Uh, no, well, as a, to spotlight kind of like his career. Because yeah. he does have an interesting career. And Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Who has a legendary career. <laughs> Just can't make enough money. I love that. He like, keeps, you know, getting caught by the IRS and having to auction off his dinosaur bones or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Wow, what a what? what a guy! Yeah, it's real. It's a real story. Yeah, he has like a T Rex skull, and he he had to sell it because he like ran out of money. Because the actors are just like us, Steph. They also are hounded by the IRS. <laughs> All right, that was movies for lunch. You can find us at on Twitter at movies f o r lunch, and you can email us at movies the number four lunch at gmail.com. Oh. I see why you're getting confused now. I know. I didn't. I might try to fix that somehow because it's a real mess. <laughs> see you next time. See you guys. Say bye. bye. Say bye, Steph. Bye, guys.